This week's episode of the Not So Kosher Show is sponsored by Sperminator Terminator. Hi, I'm Spanky the Sperm. Me and my buddies are making our way up this dark stream to get to those lovely eggies. I want to beat out my pals by being the first to hit those little ladies. I spend my time just waiting for the right moment and then bam, those eggies become my bitches. I tunnel them to hit the jackpot, but suddenly Sperminator Terminator shields me from getting my way. Nothing can ruin a sperm's day like the Sperminator Terminator, stopping those little buggers in their tracks and keeping us girls in tip-top shape. So don't forget to pick up your Sperminator Terminator today at your local Door Blues. They come in single, double, and the big whammy packs for the super killer. Hey, I'm Bexy, and welcome to Not So Kosher. This is at the Backroom Studios in lovely Highland Park, and I have Dave Canyon with me today. He's the other white meat from the highly acclaimed podcast, Dumbing It Down with Dave. He is your typically built Jewish man and has not been genetically modified, and he knows that the ass is not another vagina. And thanks for joining me today, Dave. How are you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Without a doubt, the most original, creative, and hilarious intro I've ever heard, especially <laughs> concerning me. That's great. Oh, like me. I love it. Yeah. yeah, you had a couple of things in there. Very creative. Oh, How geez. you doing? Happy Passover. Happy Passover. <laughs> Happy post-Passover. <laughs> Did I don't you, even know really when it is. You're so funny. Oh, it's been done for at least a week and a half. Or it was done Saturday a week ago. Oh. A week ago Saturday. Fuck, a week ago Saturday. Yeah. Well, probably on a Saturday. I just know that every every year I have this like crazy urge to eat matzo brai, and I don't know where it comes from. It's just all of a sudden, oh, matzo brai. It's probably because five boxes are are on sale for like a dollar fifty. You know the the super matzo box. There you, you go. Know, the, the lifetime supply. The bundle. Of so the I bundle. See, I go, oh, I go. Oh, yeah. Red. Yeah, my rabbi said only matzo. Any way you want to eat it, cold or hot, it's matzo. Fun for your mother, brother, sister, father, matzo. Buy in bulk for a lower cost per box, it's matzo, 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 matzo. So like, oh, okay. then I start making matzo bread like crazy. In fact, I, I really truthfully had some for lunch today. Did you really? It, it has a lot of carbs in it. Wow. Yes, it has a lot of carbs in it. It helps me sleep. It helps Wait. me sleep. I, I'm so, sorry, you want to yeah. have, oh, because you had it before you took a nap before you're leaving for work, right? Yes, yes. Got I it. made it about 11.30, and then uh, when I was done, and then I lay down, I had some chamomile tea, so that's like, you know, my concoction for falling asleep, which I did. That's, and I got a couple of hours of sleep, which is very important because I work nights. That, right? That's true. That's very important. Did you do a seat? You didn't do any Seder this year? No, I did not get a chance to... Do a Seder at the house, although I did start subscribing to these, you know, Passover and kosher uh, uh, newsletters that I've never subscribed to before because, you know, I'm trying to learn about, I'm trying. I'm not the best Jew in the world. I'm probably one of the lower percentile Jews, you know, that observe and understand and abide and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not a good Jew. But I, I, I did subscribe to, like, not so, no, you're not so kosher. I subscribe to uh, My Jewish Learning and oh. the Nasher. So, yeah, so I'm trying to, I don't, nobody invites me to a Seder. My family doesn't do Seders anymore. Nobody, since really? my grandmother passed, you know, 10, whatever Aww. years ago. Yeah, nobody does Seders in my family. If they do, they're not telling me. And right. that's fine, because uh, I'll do one with my wife and, you know, maybe my son, if he's home, you know, like that. But I wanted to do a little Seder, you know, just to... Something small to build on 
and then sort of maybe because you, it, it doesn't ma- it doesn't have to be a religious no. ceremony for me. No, it's just and, it, and actually I don't even, I don't know if it ever was. It's just pretty much you know finding the matzah, getting the money, having the soup, and uh, just being the orange at the table uh, was good. It was fun for me. And, and then uh, you know that all went away as I got older, and I thought I got a gut. So that's that's fun now. I'm not the young prince anymore. So your biggest thing was you were into like the whole Afi Komen situation, right? The Afi Komen yeah. and the guy, the uh, the ghost that comes in and drinks the wine. That's Elijah. He's no he's no fucking ghost. That's yeah, fucking Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Elijah. Right, Elijah. <laughs> so we don't have a grandfather, whoever would fill the wine bottle, the wine glass, and we don't stare at it. And then we go, there it is, there it is, he's drinking it now. And you're like, what? Really? I don't see it now. And then every year it was like this game. You know, it's so dopey, but I look forward to it. No, you're right. It. You're like right. It used yeah, to be yeah. that we would like, we would be all busied probably with the Afi Komen, right? And then we'd come back and the glass would be right. empty and we're like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a show. It's a whole magic it's, show. It is. Things disappear. Money shows up. You know, wine disappears and money shows up. What a relationship. It's so, true. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Ours was really that's comical. It, it. I enjoyed that. Ours was very comical this year. Yeah. We have well, we actually are very good. We like do both nights, but you know, I married a Jew, and then our families are friends, and so we always have to do all our seders together. So it kind of, you know, that's just the way right. it is. But they were funny as fuck. Right. There was so much weird ass shit going on. I couldn't even believe it. Like half song song, kind of like, do you remember the movie, the blue lagoon where they would like try to sing Christmas songs, but they couldn't remember cause they were too young and there was no adults. Do you remember that? Yeah. Right. Okay. That, and that's what arts. Yeah. was like for us this year. Like no one could remember how to sing it. I didn't know there were any, uh, there were any Passover songs. Oh, I don't fuck. remember any of them. Oh I, my I, God. I, I, I have a Oh God! You're, I have you one should, that I, I just got. I think you're gonna have to come and hang out with us. It'd be really funny. Oh, okay. You, you, Is that oh, an invitation? Absolutely, absolutely, for sure, okay. for sure. Where so, am I gonna go? Where am I gonna go to Minnesota? Where yeah, are you? you have to go to Minnesota. You? you can deal with it. My my mother in law still has the Maxwell House Haggadahs, so that'll be hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I just have Maxwell House Haggadahs. <laughs> You like that one, huh? Uh, that's funny. Because your memory just was, wow, it's so true. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, whatever that had to do with anything. It's true. Yeah, that's great. Well, as, as long as you didn't get it from a gas station. No, right? Like closer, you know? <laughs> so like, so like if you get eight gallons, you know, you get a free hot gunner, you know, that would be, that'd be really not too uh, kosher. That's but, funny. Uh, that's great. Are you, I was kidding. I, I, don't, I, I have a fake memory. Are you actually in Minnesota? I am in Minnesota. No. That was pretty fucking Sorry. good. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, honey. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> so... so that's, that's great. I'm in my... I don't... Ahead. Aren't you in, like... You're in uh, Sagiriates or something, right? <laughs> yeah, Sagiriates. Yeah, it's a jersey. <laughs> so on the throughway, going to work in my car. When, what, what this technology is amazing. I love it. I know. Car. And you're... I think you're... So... You know, so I want to do this segment, and it's going to be called "Do You Know Dave Canyon?" Because that's who I'm talking to. Okay. And so when you have this great podcast, and it's you call it the fastest dumb cast on earth, which I love. And you, right. you and you car right. cast on your way to work in your Honda Fit. So, which yes. I find comical because you're this short, pleasantly plump. Jewish guy like my husband. And yes. I can't imagine yes. either of you in a Honda Fit because 
Um, that seems uncomfortable, but you must be all right in there. Is it bigger than what I think? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I think actually yeah, it is. And uh, what's good about it in relation to me being plump and all that other stuff that you said, <laughs> is that uh, I think the Honda Fit uh, has the most cup holders for any car in the world. Oh, fuck. It, it actually is in the, it's in the brochure. It's like it has a record for the most cup holders uh, wow. of any uh, car made anywhere. I don't know if that's exactly true. I see four of them. There might be six. I think two in the back here. So I think there's like maybe eight or ten cup holders in this Honda Fit. You I don't know, know what they anticipated yeah. was going to happen when people drive in it, but right? they'll be drinking. A lot of drinking, and then what Apparently. do you do? Maybe some of those are for when you got to piss. You keep a container for your... I mean, like, Jesus Christ, you're going to have to pee a lot if you have to drink that much, right? If there's enough cup holders for all that liquid. Yeah, yeah. So you just have to use them for yeah. pee, too, I suppose, I assume. But, yeah, you're right. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I would like it if they had some uh, some tables so I could put my plate down. There you That'd go. Great, so I wouldn't have to hold it in my lap. That's yeah. when you just need a, a matching plate. That's when you just need a bitch uh, with you. That's all. You just need somebody to hold it for you. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you, right. you're you like, so I, I'm pretty sure that I caught this when we met, but you liked to pretend that wasn't true, that that you went to Yeshiva, right? Yes, I yeah. did go to Yeshiva. You did. Crown Heights Yeshiva. Yeah. Crown Heights spoke in first, second, and third grade, yes. So how did you break yeah, away? How did you get to be able to go to, to South High School? Oh, to public school? Yeah. I, I, well, it was all my parents. We moved. And uh, <sighs> we moved. Uh, well, I, you want to hear the truth? I'll tell you the exact truth. Yeah. The exact truth is that my parents, and understand, so I'm 55 in August. So uh, 55 years ago I was 63. So uh, uh, six years old, I'm first grade. So that's 1969. 1969, my parents. Uh, and I were living in a, it's real true, a, a place called Brownsville, Brooklyn. Brownsville, Brooklyn. All right, write that down. And um, <laughs> in Brownsville, there were these people that Jews love to refer to as schmatzes. Yes. <laughs> and my parents, my parents did not want me to go to school with the schmatzes. And the, the, the school system is, it'll be horrible for me. They were, they were in fear. They were in absolute fear. So they, they coughed up all this money that they didn't have. They probably didn't pay. Probably my their grandparents, their parents probably paid yeah, for it. Yeah. And sent me to a private school, which was Crown Heights Shiva, so I could be with these Jews, Oy. which were, and none of them, none of them lived anywhere near me. So that wasn't too alienating, taking me out of my neighborhood, not letting me go to public school, sending me to Yeshiva, and I knew nothing about Judaism. I mean, I cried my first day. Because the lady, the teacher said, don't forget, next tomorrow you got to come in with your sitsis. And I was like, what? the what? fuck? What? <laughs> I started crying. I don't know. What did she just say? I don't know what she just said. I just started crying. And uh, she came, are you okay? I go, I don't know what you're saying. You're saying words that make no sense to me. And that was the beginning of my horrible, you know, 12-year education. But I spent three years at Crown Heights Yeshiva. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was the whole thing was to keep me away from the Schwarzes. Then you went to um, Kingsborough Community College for radio and television. Oh, wow, really? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah but, at the end of my, uh, of my career. Yeah. But, but you didn't make it all the way through. Oh, yeah. But what the funny part was, I'm, they, they took me out of Crown Heights Yeshiva. Yeah. And we were still living in Brownsville. But now I had to go to 
uh, a public school, uh, what was it, that would be fourth grade, fourth grade, and this is what was ironic and funny about the whole thing, is that I was still living in Brownsville, but the school they were sending me to was in another neighborhood called Canarsie, which was, you know, the big white and Italian, Aye. you know, racist neighborhood. Aye. And uh, I had to get on a bus. I, had to, I, I didn't get on a school bus. I had to get on a city bus. What? But that was the year they started busing. They were busing because they wanted the, uh, they didn't want segregation. They wanted integration. So I would get off the bus and the parents would be protesting. <gasps> they were protesting me. I was in the bus with the black kids oh. and I was walking past these protests like, hey, you know, we don't want these buses. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not all of us are black. Some of us are not, some of us are not swatters. Wow. But whatever it was, I didn't understand. I was too young. I was too, I, I would see it on the news going, wow, everybody's so angry. Everybody's so upset. What are they upset about? You know, is it the buses? Is it the kids? I didn't understand. That's but, crazy. Um, but that was, but how do you like that experience? They, they alienated me from my public school. The kids that I live with sent me to a yeshiva, you know, 15 miles away on a school bus. I was the first kid to get on the bus. I was the last kid to get off the bus because I was so far away from the school. And they paid all this money, probably. I learned nothing about Judaism. It was a horrible experience. I didn't enjoy any of it. I hated the rabbis. I hated it. The school was old. And so 40 years ago, the school was old. Wow. I remember the school being dirty and old. And, you know, you know that, that building, that old building look? It had that look. Like, oh, this. And we were, and Crown Heights Yeshiva was right next door to a public school. It was right next door wow. with this big red New York City public school. I would see the school every day go, why can't I go over there? It's <laughs> a big, nice building. <laughs> My building is an old, cruddy, like nothing. But anyway, and then they shipped me to the public school. And then I was part of the busing. I was part of the uh, the uh, diversity, whatever, no segregation thing. And, uh, and that was an interesting introduction to Canarsie. And then we finally moved to Canarsie and whatever. But yeah, I, I made it all the way through. What a miracle. It is a miracle. It's a miracle. And so, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. so you kind of um, boast a little bit about a few things that I, I like to um, grab all that and talk about it. But so you're okay. a husband, but um, because of your horrifying experiences at a, as a small child, you chose not to marry Jewish, probably because we're all a bunch of fucking wacky bitches. Uh, but um, <laughs> so you were the smart guy, right? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so where'd you meet your wife? Yeah. Where'd you meet your wife? I met my wife uh, in... Well, you, you want to hear that story? Is this... Is yeah. this all me? You know, you're pitching me to tell these stories. I'll tell you the story. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know that there's a story to this? I think there is. I think you told me. Right. I think you told me. All right. Well, I my friends... I had a friend, my best friend, Evan, and his girlfriend, Tony. Um, they, were, they were a couple... And Evan was my best friend before they were a couple. And uh, Tony's best friend was my wife-to-be, all right? So uh, the, the long story is, because i got to give you the long story, was that in 1985, in the summer of whatever, of 85, I don't remember, I was leaving for the Navy. I was in the Navy, but I was stationed in Connecticut. I know there's a lot of little things in here. I was stationed in Groton, Connecticut. I was transferring to Long Beach, California. I was driving across the country hey. in my 57 Chevy, transferring from one Navy station to the East Coast to a Navy station on the West Coast. And then before I left, Evan told me that he was going on a camping trip with his girlfriend, Tony. 
And I said, great, sounds good. Have a good time. When I come back, we'll talk about it. You know, in a year from now, you'll, you'll show me pictures, whatever. So a year later, I'm back in Brooklyn. I'm hanging out with my buddy Tony, my buddy Evan, and his girlfriend Tony. And it just comes up, hey, what about that camping picture, that camping trip you took? And they went, oh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll show you the pictures, whatever. We talked about it. And they were slobs. He was a slob. She was a slob. Together, they were super slobs. Yeah. I mean, the place was, the apartment was a mess. And they, you know how you get your pictures, you develop pictures, and it comes in the envelope, and everything stays in the envelope? Yeah. They don't know that. They don't know that whole system. Well, you and I talk about pictures being developed. That's, you know, that just aged us completely. Of course. So, uh, so <laughs> they had a box. They had this box of pictures. It was like a, it was, it was a mess. So they said, hey, I'll find it, I'll find it. So Tony's looking through this box of pictures. It was a year ago, camping trip. It's already a mess. So they find some pictures. And they're showing me pictures. And, and in the pictures were mixed up with other pictures. They show me a picture of Tony and some of her friends walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. So I said, hey, let me see that picture. Because I love the Brooklyn Bridge and whatever. Because I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. And I see the picture. And I go, I asked him, I said, hey, who's that girl? Because there was a girl in there. I didn't, I didn't know who she was. Uh, other than Tony, I didn't know any of the girls in the picture. I go, who's that girl? And Tony looks at me and she goes, oh, that's my friend Athena. I go, oh, I'm going to marry her. My wife says... When I told the story to her, my hand was shaking. That I was, I got all, something came over me. I knew I was going to marry her. So that's it. I saw the picture. I said, what's her name? They said, Athena. I said, I'm going to marry her. And then, you know, I did. I dated her and I married her. Yeah. I just knew. It's just, that was, there was, I was done. My search was over. So, so did you, uh, did you put a lock? Anything like that. Did you put a lock on the Brooklyn Bridge? Oh my God. I can't believe you know about that. Of course I know wow, about it. you're some host. Honey, I'm in New York. I love New York. I love New York. That's a, I go there a lot, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did I just, no, we did not. What is the story on locks? I you don't know about locks, that? But I don't know what's in it. Oh, they took them no, all what's off. the story on locks? They took them all off now, but you don't know about did that they? story? Seriously? They put the... No. If you want to marry somebody, you go over there, you take them there, and you put a lock on. It means, like, lock... I don't know what the fuck it means. I'll have to look it up, but... It's like to lock our marriage in, or lock oh, our love in, or whatever. That, like a, a, I, a lot of people propose there, so so you obviously really? did not. Yeah. You obviously did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not know about that. I didn't propose on the bridge, but that would have been romantic. I proposed in my kitchen, sort of, but uh, I actually didn't even propose. To, I said we weren't married at the time, but we had been shacking up. For 10 years. Yeah. So I, we need to go on a vacation because we never went on vacation. We had never had any money. So I said, hey, uh, I, I walk in one day from work. I say, uh, my wife's at the sink. She's doing dishes. I said, uh, hey, um, and we have no children. We have no children. We have just two dogs. I said, uh, Jet Blue is having a crazy sale. Want to go to Fort Lauderdale? Because my grandmother, my father's mother, Frida, lived in Fort Lauderdale. Frida. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be nice to go see her. So she goes, uh, okay. Yeah, let's go. We, you know, can we afford the tickets? I said, yeah, they're like seventy-four dollars or sixty-four dollars. Well, we'll find a deal. We'll go. And uh, I go. Hey, well, we're down there. Let's get married. She goes, uh, okay, sounds good. That wow. Was that was my proposal. That was my proposal. Shit. I <laughs> love we got, it. Then we got, we got, yeah. Then we got married in Frida's condo. We had ten people, and uh, wow. you know, you know, this uh, interesting old man just as a piece. So yeah, it was uh, we uh, oh. cake came from uh, Publix. Publix, the supermarket. Publix, you are great. 
was catered by Kosher City, somewhere down in Florida. I don't even know where it was. <laughs> My grandmother took me to this Kosher City place, and it was hilarious. There's a story in there that I can't tell on the podcast because it's visual. It's not uh, audio, but it's, it's funny. And uh, I didn't know about the lot thing. I always thought it was just good luck to have your friends be slobs and have 500 pictures in a box. Yeah. I thought that's the way you get You pick one. There you pick you one, you marry that one. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a grab bag. Oh, yeah. like a, oh, look at that. Work, works perfect. It worked oh, perfect for you. Yeah. So so you you have said that you're not the best neighbor. Why are you not the best neighbor? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the greatest question. Um <laughs> because uh years ago because I well, I used to have a very well, I think maybe to a certain extent I still do. But uh, uh to a large extent years ago I had two dogs. And I think I, I really, I don't think I know, I had a disregard for a lot of things in life. A disregard. Like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Ah, that doesn't apply to me. Uh, I'm out here. Nobody, nobody can see me. You know, uh, I mean, not a rule breaker, but just sort of like lack of respect and lack of concern. And I had my own little logic working in my head that things were right if I did it, but they would be wrong if you did it. That type of thing. So I had these two dogs, and I would leave for work you know, uh, all godly different hours of the night, you know, uh, when everybody was asleep, you know, I'd be walking my dogs at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock at night or, or 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I, I had all these different jobs. And um, my dogs would just walk around the neighborhood without a leash, and they'd just be peeing and pooping in everybody's yard, just, you know, over here, over there. And I would just walk with them, and um, I got lucky, and uh, they would walk with me back to the house. Most of the times, every so often, the dogs would run away. And I'd say, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go looking for them. i got to go to work. So they, I, I wasn't a great neighbor because my dogs would be peeing and pooping all over the neighborhood and I wouldn't pick it up. I fucking hate that. We have dogs that do that all the time in our yard. I have these front gardens. I didn't tell you Big Daddy, my husband, always says he wants to put poison out there so that they'll all die. Yes, yeah, I didn't do that. I mean, since I, well, by the way, they would poop in my woods, too, because I have five acres. So they oh. would poop in my house, too, but, I, I, but not, on, not in front of my house, behind my house, like in the woods. That's and, okay. You know, it's just a scary walking in the woods. Yeah, that's, that's okay. okay. So um, I, it, my logic was, it's, it's, it's going to disappear. It's not going to do anything. You're damage, right. Which it wasn't true. You're right. But, well, I don't know. <laughs> so, it's okay. Whatever. It's okay. And, uh, is, if Who cares if no one sees now. it? Isn't it like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, it makes right. no sound? Yeah. So it's okay. Yes. And, I, and who, know, who knows better about tree falling in the woods than me because I was living in the woods. Right. So I, well, yeah, I was not the best neighbor. I was not the best neighbor. Now, if it was daytime, yeah, I would bring a bag. and I would, But I never walked them during the day. I always walked them or did my, my impression of walking them, you know, uh, at night. So... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, I'm not the best neighbor, not the great. But now I'm great because I don't have dogs anymore. So, there you go. And if I did, I would never do that again. I would never do that again. Never. I, I would just always walk in my woods, and I would keep them on a leash, which Good. is something I didn't practice all the time. There you but, go. Uh, I, you know, I don't well, like, now I don't they like run away. They, anyway. they run away now, and they get run over. So we have to be careful, you know. Yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Okay, so Dave, I, I really want to know what yeah. your wildest fantasy would be. My wildest fantasy? Yeah, it doesn't have to be sexual. I know you probably are thinking sexual. It can be whatever you want it to be. My wildest fantasy? Well, 
I, I um, honestly, I think uh, my my fantasy is, I, and it's every time I look at this billboard uh, when I leave my job, or there's another billboard down in Jersey. When I see that lottery hitting 500 million, not the 80 million, not the 120 million. When I see the 500 million, that that triggers things in me every time. I really spend because well, I'm a truck driver, so I have nothing to do but look out a window of for like 16 hours a day, and that is. That is like my biggest fantasy is that I win that money and I just live a life uh, unlike, you know, any life I've ever imagined. So I don't, I fantasize often. I think most people do. But um, uh, I, I think I've been doing it ever since I was a child. Yeah, that's normal. But what I don't really fantasize, nothing triggers fantasizing for me more than when I see that lotto number go up to about 400, like 500 million. I start thinking things in my head like, okay, if I win this week, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Who am I going to help? Where am I going to go? How, you know, how things, you know, that's, in, in short, winning that lotto is, is a fantasy. And I, I So then I you buy, you're money. one of so, those people yeah. that buys tickets then. Every so often, well, at the 500 million. See, what's, what's funny about that story is I don't fantasize 89 million, which uh, would be a hell of a lot of money. Right. A hell of a lot of money. But with 500 million, oh, yeah, that's good. So already I, I'm a Jew because I have problems with 89 million. Yeah, uh, what the fuck? 500 million. Now <laughs> we're talking. Now, yeah, what the fuck? 89. Yeah. What are you doing with that? <laughs> that's going to be gone in 25 years. Right. 500 million. Oh, forget it. That's, that's a lifetime's lifetime. Yeah. So I'm not satisfied with that 89 million. I, I'm not going to make probably 10 million in my entire career. My whole entire Whatever I live, 65 years, 100 years, I don't think I'm going to make, I don't know how much money. That's an interesting number. If I made $100,000 a year, for, which is not true. So, uh, so if I live 80 years and make 100000 a year, is that $8 million? Is that $8 million? I'm not going to make, what am I going to make? Do the math. I don't know. Everybody at the end of the show, go home and do the math. What, what do you make? What does an average person make from zero to death? Yeah, I don't so know. I'm not happy with 89. I yeah, agree. Well, don't they say, so they say that, no, I agree with you. I only, I never buy them. I could I could tell you I've bought a half a dozen of them and it's only been when it's those huge amounts. Otherwise I don't, I don't yes. waste my time. I want to be one of those crazy fuckers that do that yeah. because that's the only time I do right. it. Right. But that's right. all right. 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 I mean, yeah. And the odds are probably so much worse when it's 500. So many people are playing. But whatever. But that's an interesting little uh, perspective on life. I can't. I, mean, I can't be happy with the forty. I never. I never play the forty million. Like the week after somebody wins, I never play. Yeah. I never play that week. Who cares? Forty million. What am I gonna do with that? Right. That's uh, nothing. Forty. Get out of here. <laughs> do you know anybody I, that's won? I can't live on it. Do you ever know any? Do you know anyone never. that has won? No. No. Well, me neither. No. Maybe my, it's just my mother's a very lucky person, but no, nobody. Maybe it's she just all a bunch of bullshit. Maybe it's all a bunch of bullshit. Maybe no one, they just make no, us think that someone, but no one ever wins. Yeah, they're wagging, they're wagging the dog. They yeah. Make, they make a thing up, but it doesn't exist. Yeah, like the publisher's clearinghouse and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, going I'm, off to work. If yeah. people want to find you, they find you at, uh, you're on Twitter at, at Dave Canyon, K-A-N-Y-A-N, correct? Yes, at Dave Canyon or at Dumb with Dave. At Dumb with one. Dave. At Dave Canyon or at Dumb with Dave. D-U-M-B. Because people are really dumb, don't know how to spell it. Yeah. So I think that I always think that's the excuse why I never get any tweets because people don't know how to spell dumb. Isn't it funny? Dumb. It's D U M B. Isn't it funny what? that people they made the word dumb be this really dumb word? Like they spelled it really fucked yes. up. <laughs> right. Weird. 
Yeah, so no fucking reason. weird. Yeah, there's no reason for the V. Yeah. Well, Let's, but again, you know, what do you do? People put locks on bridges that think they're going to get married. Yeah. Um, I can't explain any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, thank you so much. <laughs> Let's talk again soon. Okay. Anytime you want, Bex, you're one of the greatest interviewers. Not so much of a great producer, but you're a great <laughs> interviewer. <laughs> you're a great interviewer. I always it's enjoy so, talking to you. So Anytime funny. I'm, and I'm almost at work, so it all worked out. It all tied awesome. out perfectly. Good Yontif. Good, good Yontif. Bye-bye. What did you, how did you say goodbye? How did you say no? They Shalom. 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 Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Not So Kosher Show. I was really excited to have Dave Canyon on today. You can check out Not So Kosher at backroomstudios.com. There's a shit ton of other podcasts on there, some really cool fun ones and a new one coming called champagne jamboree that's gonna be really fucking awesome so check out not so kosher facebook page you can check out not so kosher twitter you can check out instagram not so kosher tc and be well my universe